Hello, Internet, and welcome to the year finale of Steam Cleaners. This is the last episode of 2023, a podcast in which I and my lovely co-host talk about games that, well, let me check my script here, we have talked about on the show before. It must be a special episode indeed, my good friend and co-host Walter C.A.D.'s Fetchuck. Walter, how are you doing? I mean, it's a really special episode if it's the last episode of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, it's been a day. I, uh, you know, I would say that maybe I had traveled back in time or forward in time to throw me off, but I don't think the game that I played really qualifies under that standard. So I'm just going to say, uh, Maths is not why we're here to discuss uh, what we're here to discuss today, Walter. We're here to discuss video games and the things we love about them. So how are you doing in 2022? <laughs> Listen, neither of us were math majors. You were an English major and I pretended to be a political scientist, which has no math involved in it. Um, honestly, mm. here we are. The, the day that we were recording this is obviously prior to the holidays. The day you are listening to this is literally the day after Christmas. So happy holidays to all of you who are celebrating a holiday uh, around this time of year. And thank you so much for taking time away from your family uh, to spend an hour or so with us. Um, this has been a really fun project to work on over the course of the entire year. And I'm like 99.9% .9 sure we're going to keep going with it in 2023 because I don't know about Chase, but I think I somehow gained more games in my Steam library this year than I played. It It, it is a gelatinous cube in that it keeps getting larger and I really am not well equipped to fight it. Yeah, I've made a spreadsheet. I've actually started sorting by uh, how long it will take to beat each game on my Steam library and Nintendo Switch. Thank you very much, howlongtobeat.com, uh, for giving some insight there. Not a sponsor. Uh, though, not a sponsor, just a site that provides a valuable service. And I always end up being a couple hours over uh, no matter what game it is anyway, because uh, I guess I'm just not very efficient at this kind of thing. But... I do have a list for 2023 that I'm excited for, and we will keep the content coming. But before we look for new games, the things on our list uh, that we are most excited about, Walter and I thought it would be great to take a look back at the year that we have had with this podcast and pick out some games that the other person on here played and piqued our curiosity, made us think, huh, I'd like to see what that game is like for myself. Walter, I'm going to crack my voice there again. Walter, <laughs> uh, what game of mine did you decide to play for this episode? So, so Chase, before we get to the fun stuff, can we spend like five, ten minutes just cussing out Ben Brode real quick? Oh, hell yes. Absolutely, we can start there. Because I know I joked on the podcast about how I had, oops, I had purchased the Miles, Miles Morales bundle on Marvel Snap. Uh, however, I actually did start playing Marvel Snap, and I really, really enjoyed it. And, and Ben, listen, Ben, buddy, Ben Broad, I know you listen to the podcast. You're a big fan. You sent in a bunch of fan mail. I'm sorry we don't have signed CDs or a, or a SoundCloud or any of that shit to, to plug for you. I don't have any game design experience, so I can't help you with that stuff. Why the fuck do you hate me? <laughs> Like, literally, why the fuck do you hate... And I say me, I say collectively, us, as your player base. Why the fuck is Marvel Snap built this way? Because I can't tell you. I, I told Chase this. I played Marvel Snap. I went through collection pool one. I got into pool two. All of a sudden, I started losing. Like, I had two days where all I did was lose. And I texted Chase. I was like, bro, I'm done with this fucking game. Fuck this. This is bullshit. Like, this collection mechanic is dumb. Like, whatever. And then I had five minutes to kill and I opened it back up and I like finally ground my way through pool two and I texted Chase. I was like, okay, like fine. It's okay. I finally got through the rough part. And guess what? I hit fucking pool three and the very first <laughs> deck I played against had fucking Ultron in it, which is like a pool five card. Uh, that's, I mean, it is a pool three card. Um, it is unfortunate for you that you ran into what I imagine was an Ultron Patriot deck, which is just straight up meta at this point. Um, I, 
it is one of those i remember you messaging me for series two and you were like should i power through this and i said well on the one hand i think your immediate experience is about to get better on the other hand it's then going to get a lot worse once you get to early series three and you're not even guaranteed a card at each interval anymore it's you have a 50 percent chance of getting a card and a 50 percent chance of getting something with no meaningful value whatsoever it is a baffling uh way it's, of handling it's not a card i system. want it's not a fucking card i want no offense to all the typhoid and mary fans out there but like <laughs> what what the fuck what what like i i was looking at the fucking the the champion whatever the shop is the like special collector's shop or whatever and like i bought one card from it i was like oh i have some tokens this is great like i just bought whatever card it was i don't remember what card it was i just bought the card because i was like oh well i gotta increase my level to like keep moving through this right and then all of a sudden i realized i'm a fucking idiot because i wasted those tokens on this random card that i'm probably never ever going to use and then, like, fucking Kingpin came up, right? And I'm like, I fucking love Kingpin. Like, I would like to have Kingpin as a card. That would be great. And then I realized, I'm like, when am I ever actually going to play this card? Why am I wasting my tokens on this? Oh, my God, Walter, why the fuck are you doing this? And then I keep fucking playing the game. <laughs> it's mean. It's It really is mean. And I just... I mean, if it makes you feel better, I wasted 3,000 collector's tokens on Titania because it was thought heading into... Uh, the release as a series four card of 3000 collector's tokens. I could have gotten three cards that were actually meaningful with that amount of currency. I had spent real money grinding to the point where I could get the special bonus for having hit a thousand collection level before the collector's token update came out. I had spent like 40 bucks of my real money and I wasted that 3000 on a card that no one uses. It is a nightmare. It is terrible. Um, no one has figured out how to make it good. Maybe one day I will look back less embarrassed at the choices that I've made. But the thing that I keep coming back to, right? Are you familiar with Mark Rosewater's article about the different types of players? Chase, let's pretend that I am, but that the uh, listeners at home are not. Great. So there are three types of players in card games. There's Timmy, Johnny, and Spike. Timmy just wants to do fun stuff, right? Timmy is just here for the flashy effects and to play the game in a way that they find creatively interesting. They want to find cards like Typhoid Mary that everyone thinks are trash and make use of them. And Marvel Snap is really mean to Timmy players. Because if there's a specific card, like, let's say you like Thanos because you like the Marvel Universe and you think it'd be really cool to get all the Infinity Stones out there and beat your opponent that way. Well, fuck you, because even if you have all of the Series 3 cards, which is a huge ask for the majority of players right now, given the game launched officially just a couple months ago. If you weren't in beta, good luck. Thanos has like a 0.025% chance of showing up. The odds of you actually getting that card are astronomically low. And if you want to grind out collector's tokens for it, well, good luck with that because it's 6,000 of those for one card. It's not even a great card. It's just a card that some people are going to enjoy because it's Thanos and they think the Infinity Gauntlet's really cool, right? Like, I understand that the Johnny players, the people who this game seems to be made for who want to make the most out of the limited resources they have that find that to be a fun challenge. They want to win as much as they can, but they don't care about playing the meta. I understand that they're afraid of the spikes, the people who net deck every game and make the latter a competitive nightmare where everyone's only playing the most optimal decks. And if you're not, then you're going to lose. But Ben, you are fucking over Timmy. Little Timmy, who just wants to do the cool shit, can't do it because there is no way to guarantee that he can get the card that he wants in any meaningful capacity. And you're not it even, is a wild system. And you're not even dissuading the spikes because I'm constantly running into the pool two movement decks and the pool two like destroy like with Jubilee and uh, and Infinite like all the fucking mm -hmm. time. 
So it's not like you've even dissuaded. That's all I'm playing. It's not like I'm going through and being like, hey, I'm going to play weirder, interesting decks. I got the fucking uh, Gambit and um, Rogue Bundle because, like, I fucking like those characters and I'm a fucking idiot. Like, I haven't touched those cards. I haven't tried to put them in any decks because I was like, oh, I like Gambit. Like, I want, I want to own a Gambit card. Like, that's it. That's all I want. I, I don't even want to, like play the game necessarily i just want to have the cards like the trading cards and be like yeah i got this gambit and i got this there was like the house of m scarlet witch variant was in there and i was like oh that's pretty cool that'd be nice to own but i'm not spending 700 gold on that because i'm gonna have to spend gold to refresh my daily missions so i can get more credit so i can get more missions so i can get more credits so i can upgrade these other cards so i can increase my collector level so I might get a chance at getting a card that I'm going to be like, cool, uh, whatever. Like, ah, uh, yay, I, I got, I got Scorpion. Yay. Fuck you, Ben Brode. Fuck you. It's, it, and here's the thing, Ben, who is definitely still listening to this. Um, I understand the goal that you have in mind, right? This idea of, well, you know. People back in the day, back when you were a kid on the playground, you didn't own every Magic the Gathering card, right? Like, you didn't own every Yu-Gi-Oh! or every Pokemon card. You made decks out of what you had, and your friends did the same. And wasn't that a cool and neat experience? But here's the thing, Ben. You could trade with your friends. If your friend had a card that you wanted, and you had a card that they wanted, you could trade. And so then you would each be able to build the deck that you wanted to build because you could work together to trade resources in a way that felt fair to each of you and you'd both be happier for it. You are not recreating the playground. You are recreating an economy that requires people to sink in months of time, even if they do pay because, and I'll give you credit for this, you do put a limit on how much real money Someone can spend in a single day. You cannot refresh quests infinitely. They put a cap on it. They put a cap on how much money you could spend in the gold shop in a single day. And honestly, shout out to you, Ben. I'm going to give you credit for that one. That's a cool thing that you did. But Ben, buddy, pal, the lack of a crafting system and the lack of any meaningful way to earn the resources that would allow you to pick the cards you want without having to grind for months. I right now have played for a couple months every day. Every time I could log in, I have played and I have gotten my quests and whatever else. And I have to play just as much as I have right now and whatever money I put in to match the rate at which I got to this level to maybe have a chance of catching up to where people were before the series four and five cards dropped before these new collections that you're releasing new cards every week is wild to me like here i don't know maybe instead of having this asinine system in which you maybe unlock the card that you want but most likely unlock something you don't you just give us collector's tokens and then we can get the thing that we want and Oh, maybe you can make it a crafting system so, like, you don't have to wait for it to appear in a shop and check back every eight hours glued to your phone because somehow you have made a game in which you are not rewarded for playing extensively because you can't actually grind meaningful resources, but you're also punished if you're not logging in every eight hours because it just wants your time and engagement. And that's so frustrating, Ben. Come on, man. Fuck you, Come ben. on. Make sure you bring your mom's cookies to the holiday party and a level seven D&D character. But fuck <laughs> yeah. <you. laughs> I mean, look, I promise I won't kill your character within the first hour of the session. I know it sounds like I might, but I do like there are some things you do really well, which is why the rest of it is so fucking frustrating. And it's frustrating because it is done with this veneer of like, ooh, look at this great thing I'm trying to do. When you know, at the and in the bottom of your heart, you know the system is not what you say it is as a PR thing. You know that because you know this was a real playground scenario 
there would be so much more control you would have over what your collection actually looks like, if only because friends and trading exist. So, yeah. Um, was that was that ten minutes? Have we alienated everyone who doesn't play Marvel Snap from the episode <laughs> successfully? You know, you know what? I know how we can get the back chase. Oh yeah. Let's talk about some sexy business. Hell yeah! Get the saxophone effect playing. <laughs> Um, we'll see if we can lux- we can uh, rent out the uh, the like sixties porno music that used to be the theme song for the GWB. So what drew you to the sexiest business that is Max Gentleman's sexy business? I played Max Gentleman's sexy business. Um, it was a coin toss between this or potionomics, and because you just talked about potionomics. Uh, with Kristen, you know, two episodes ago, I figured, fuck it, let's go, let's go play Max Gentleman Sexy Business. You have never steered me wrong, Chase, with your fucking dating simulators in the now two that I've played them. And man, what a fucking wild ride. Right? I, I am going to say, I definitely, I only played about four and a half, five hours of this game. Um, It is definitely not as much time as I really had had wanted to, as I had really hoped for. Unfortunately, life gets in the way of some things, and sometimes you have to stop being a dashing, titillating Victorian businessman and actually exist in the real world for a little bit. And I am so very, very excited to go back and play this game because basically the four and a half hours I played was my first run. I, I was successful, I defeated my rival, and by the end of that kind of run, I sort of, I figured it out. I sort of understood where in some of the reviews people got like, yeah, once you kind of figure it out, it just becomes like a little grindy. Like those last fights against the rival's sort of henchmen were like, yep, I'm just microwing in and out my businessmen and allowing them to like get energy back so I can fight. They had super high strength. I had super high employee counts to fight against them. And I was like, all right, cool. So then I finished that. And, and uh, a couple of days ago, I was driving into work and I was like, you know what? To prepare for the episode, I am going to re-listen to the podcast in which Chase talked about Max Gentleman's sexy business. The podcast was August 15th, 2022, by the way. Um, And I listened to it. And like, then you mentioned something about a temple. And I was like, wait, what? What?" (laughs) And then you mentioned something about like spirits. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone. Did I miss something? And then I realized I only beat the game once and I have to play it more to get all the rest of the stuff. Not just like the scantily clad pictures, but like, the actual rest of the game and I kind of hung my head in shame and I was like, oh, fuck. I I barely scratched the surface with this. Yes, congratulations on beating the tutorial, Walter. I'm very happy for you. It's a very good tutorial. But you are indeed uh, only, uh, you only have uh, more and more mechanics that the game is going to throw at you. And it sounds like you're looking forward to that, that you feel like you've got a good enough handle on what the game's kind of uh, flow as you, uh, as you kind of figure out what resources to invest into and when. It sounds like you're ready to take on that additional level of challenge. Man, and the way you say that makes me feel like I know absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> Oh, no. I'm trying to remember, because there are three campaigns. You've been in the first one, which is the kind of tutorial introduction. The second one adds some things, and the third one adds the temple and the uh, tax office, I believe. Gotcha, okay. Um, So I think you're about to unlock the Kingsman, and did you do gold? Did you have to work with a lot of gold? Yeah, the, the factory. Okay, so you yeah. did get to the factory. Yeah, I had the factory, um, and then there was, like, the office. Mm-hmm. I will be curious to see, because I, I, I've played so many hours of this game, and so there are certain things that just feel very natural to me, but may not actually be there for, your, uh, for where you're at quite yet, because they do do a good job of building over time. Uh, I think that they do a good job of introducing these mechanics to you, letting you build some comfort in them, and then uh, pushing you with the next big thing. 
I will ask, because uh, this is you know, we, we went over the gameplay before. I think in general we're going to be a little light on gameplay talk because you can go listen to that older episode if you want to hear a more detailed breakdown of mechanics. Walter, who were your favorite characters? Oh, who did, who did you latch onto? Listen, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for for a, a big titty goth lady, so I, I kind of mm-hmm. went that direction. Bon Bon was like, ah, I love the innuendo here, uh, but Pip, yeah, I, I right? like Pip. Pip, Pip was definitely like as I was kind of going through, and I was like, all right, spread it all out, and I kind of was like, oh, I, I ended up getting through Bon Bon to level like relationship level four, and I was like, all right, cool, and Pip, I got up to three. And I was like, all right, after I got Bon Bon to four, I was like, cool, I'm going to focus on Pip. And then and then the game was, I, I beat the, the tutorial, apparently. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to have to go back through it. I'm going to have to play through this again. And obviously, you can start with one of that, one of the executives right off the bat. And they have different bonuses for you. I definitely didn't get all the executives. I still have plenty of them that I haven't gotten to. And definitely did not build up relationship levels with certain you know certain characters at all because hey i i like ladies like no offense Mm -hmm. i like ladies that's my preference um and i was like looking forward to that and then listening to the podcast and being like oh my god i missed out on so much more gameplay has me really excited because uh chase I i would like to proudly announce today here on the podcast i am now 30 days sober from league of legends uh, Ooh, congratulations your blue chips in the mail i i have not played league of legends in over a month uh, since the ranked season ended and i have been kind of missing a game that i can just like turn on for a couple hours a night i've gone back to like playing madden but at, at the end of the day it's more of just like i'm just killing an hour before i go to bed so i'm playing madden with my like mouth hung open just like oh madden and like now i'm hoping that max gentleman sexy business could kind of fit that role of that game that I'm like constantly playing and just like an hour here, an hour there, whatever, as I'm playing the other games for this podcast at a shorter amount of time, or I hope to play some like longer games, um, some other longer games, like sort of how I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla at the beginning of last year um, and, uh, you know, longer RPGs. So I'm excited. Like I had a lot of fun. I was definitely titillated. Uh, it was definitely some uh listen smut is fun like that's what this taught me is like smut can be really fun and all the innuendo and all the like nudge nudging was it wasn't it was over the top in terms of that they're all caricatures but it wasn't over the top in like that it was overexposed it was all very well done and humorous and really made me kind of enjoy the fact that it was there and not just kind of like accept that it was there. And one of the things I think the game does really well is it lets you set your own boundaries, right? You pointed out you're not uh, into, you're not attracted to men. I'm not attracted to men either, but I do love maxing out my relationship with the male characters because you can choose friendship options. You want to have, you know, essentially be best bros that is there and you still get to have all of the same scenes there's not like a cap where like oh if you don't choose to go romantic then you can only go so far with their uh relationship it's just a little bit different it takes on a different tone and it uh takes on a different energy but you still get to get to know these characters um and i i think that that's really smart i think that however you want to engage with it um it gives you uh, what you are looking for. And certainly it gives you plenty of things to keep you going with that little like endorphin spike. You know, you beat the next rival so you get to move on to the next location or you unlock an outfit or you unlock a scene where you get to develop a relationship a little bit more or the friendships that they added, which is a mechanic that wasn't there when I initially played the game. And I still have a bunch of them to go back and maximize. Uh, because I don't think Angel and Cassius had him even when I went back to it uh, a few months ago. So there's there's always more to uncover, even once you get to a point where all the gameplay features have been revealed to you, which obviously you still have plenty of room to go on that. Was there anything else that really like 
stood out to you? Maybe like surprise you, you weren't expecting to enjoy or weren't expecting based on the description I'd made? You mean that like right off the bat when the game forced me to open up my Monster Prom uh, outfit loot box and I happened to click on the maid and it turned out to be Polly, I was like, oh, hell yeah, this game already knows what I like. <laughs> uh, hell yeah. <laughs> no, like I think it was in terms of how how complex the like gameplay in terms of the combat felt right at the beginning when it was like, it felt way harder to fight like with 30 employees against 30 or 40 employees then by the end where it's just like okay i just have to play i have to shuffle and now instead of balancing like the raw numbers now i'm balancing the energy of okay i need to replenish the amount of employees i have but also have that person go into fight so when is the right time to you know take them from the bench at full health put at full energy put them into the uh the the slums to you know recruit people when do I swap out one of the people that are fighting to now put them in? What's that kind of right balance of energy? Because it did feel like, and maybe it was that I had items on the characters and I wasn't paying very much attention to them, but it did feel like the energy rates of different characters kind of moved at different um, different intervals. And all of a sudden, like, Vicky felt like when she was doing something, her energy decayed very, very, very slowly. So... Once I had her, like, making a decent amount of money, I could, like, throw her in the bank and just have her in the bank forever. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, cool. Uh, Center Claus, if I had him, he would either be in the bank or I would have him be in the factory converting gold, uh, converting money into gold. It felt like he was draining so incredibly fast. So, like, balancing those types of things was kind of interesting. I will say the fights at the end, it did get kind of repetitive because it was just, like, rotating rotating i wasn't worried about the employee counts plummeting it was just like okay can i rotate i gotta rotate this character in now and have them deal some damage and absorb some things um it really took me a while to figure out the like uh the parties and the cheering like when the crowds were cheering in the square and like figure out oh shit that this isn't taking away energy i need to put somebody in there that is really low on mustache that has almost no energy so I can take advantage of that and get that mustache stat up. Cause that was one of the things I tried to do was all of the characters that I unlocked. I tried to get them to a hundred combat and a hundred mustache. That was like one of my plans and I didn't get every single one of them because at one point I threw one of them into the office and just kind of forgot about them there. Um, but yeah, that was like a goal was to do those things. And when those parties were happening, I was like, ah, okay. Like now this makes a lot more sense. Or understanding the balance of like the cheering crowd. Do you want it? Do you want to use it as the shield aspect to prevent your employees from, from resigning or dying or whatever they want to use versus do you like just click through it really quick to take a chunk out of your enemy? So there was it was pretty complicated at the beginning while I was still kind of being like, oh, wait, this is what this mechanic does. Oh, this is what this mechanic does. Uh, and then by the end, I was like, cool, I think I have this solved. And then I listened to the podcast and Chase was like, bro, there's like 10 more things that you haven't seen yet because <laughs> apparently I only beat the tutorial. <laughs> it is. I mean, and that's one of the things that's great about it, right? Like what you're describing there about, oh, yeah, these different people are losing energy at different rates it's like yeah each one has their own bonus some people are better in different seasons than others so you have to keep in mind like oh i'm at the end of autumn vicky's about to be less powerful but Sinterklaas is about to be more powerful so how do i set him up now that he's about to get his winter bonus and start losing half energy um because of how the, the his uh mechanic works and getting samuel finch to go out on quests all the time just because when he comes back He's good at everything for like three days and then you get rid of him again. Um, I think you'll find uh, that it'll be uh, more effective for you to focus in on characters being good at a specific thing um, once you get to the second level. Um, but I do think that you have uh, a lot more to uncover and it sounds like you recommend the game as well, Walter. You're, you're excited to, to continue unpacking this journey? Yeah, I, I do. I recommend the game... I still don't think it's for everyone. Like, I'm not going to say literally everyone should go out and play this game because I think some people may look at it and just be like, eh, I don't really want to deal with that smut or whatever. It's like too racy or whatever. Like, that's fine. 
there are other dating sims that you can play that probably are less 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 titillating as i say for the third time um that you can kind of get a similar experience so don't feel like you have to but as chase said like you can turn all the settings way down and just play it really calmly and kind of and you know fairly censored and i don't think it changes it that much in terms of the story and the gameplay and all of those things um but yeah it's fun the color the characters are super colorful and fun and i actually fucking cared about them which was really weird like i actually cared about their stories and wanting to like beat them at blackjack or making them the right tea or chase you you obviously know this you could have sold me on this game with one sentence you bet on corgi racing <laughs> i mean how can you forget i don't know how i forgot the corgi racing that's on me honestly there's a fucking corgi what? racing mini game where you just pick one to win and you can cheer and it's little treats to like motivate them to keep running because obviously they're corgis they'll like stop they'll scratch themselves they'll like run in a circle instead and you can like get them back on track by cheering them uh and then they have like adorable names and i don't remember any of them but like it's kind of in the the realm of like lord fuzzy bottom and and, and like that and it's just it's it's they're such good dogs they're such good dogs chase they make me so happy every time I get that mini game. But Chase, speaking of dogs, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you didn't play just one. You played two of the games that I have previously played, and one of them had something to do with dogs. Yes, I but, I went on a journey, Walter. I know, um, I know you did, and I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I said, look. If I'm going to pick a game that Walter played, I have to start with To the Rescue, a game about running a dog shelter, because dogs are fantastic uh, and a pure source of good in this world, is, is my humble opinion. So I immediately loaded it up. I got a couple friends. I got a friend of the podcast, uh, Kristen, uh, to join me, and as well as friend of the podcast, Eduardo. Uh, and the three of us got on, and uh, we all had a couple drinks, and I started playing through the game and I got about to the second day and I said, fuck this. And that came from a couple different reasons. The biggest was that I thought the controls were asinine. Um, I, I could not figure out how to make sure that I was clicking the right item that I needed. And it didn't feel like the game did a great job of explaining how certain things worked like if you've got four items on a table how do you pick the right food item that seems like it should be a really simple thing but clicking on it the specific one you want does not help you at all it's it's an arrow it's not going to be there you can use the rotating letters the way that everything else rotates that doesn't work either and because i'd had a couple drinks i just grew increasingly frustrated at the fact that i couldn't get it to make sense properly uh, I also had some issues where I didn't realize that uh, how the alert system worked the first time around, uh, and I ended up having a couple dogs that were just waiting uh, in the pen, kind of waiting for me to find a place for them, uh, and were getting neglected, and I got massive fines at the end of the day, because I didn't know what I was doing, and I'd left these dogs in this terrible state, because until they get a pen, they don't have food, they don't have water, and it was a mess. And I just... I, then I was like, I'm I'm done. Walter, I'm, I'm going to ping you on Facebook and just say, look, I can't play this game. I need two more days. I need two more days because I need to find another game that I'm going to play. But I had work off today. And so I'm like, you know what? Maybe the problem was that new games and hanging out with friends... And alcohol is not the best way to play a management game. I'm going to give it another shot. Let me see if I can figure it out. And I went into the controls, and I learned that all I'd had to do the entire time was use my scroll wheel, and I would have been able to pick the item I wanted just fine. And all that time I wasted trying to get the right food box was just because there was a tooltip 
that I hadn't seen because it flashes very quickly and there's no sound effect for it. And so I had just been trying aimlessly to get it to work. Um, so I said, okay, maybe it was me. Maybe I was just like that, you know, the, the cuphead reviewer that everyone makes fun of, even though like, you know, people can be bad at games for a little bit. Like it's okay. Like maybe that guy didn't deserve to be shit on by the internet for weeks, months, years. But like, maybe I was just that guy and like that guy who went on to go and play more and get better at it. I could go and get better at this game. And I did get better. I, I got into a groove. I figured out what chores needed to be done when. I still didn't feel like things were explained very well. Like a lot of the mini games, it's like you do the, the rope tug and it's like, oh, I'm going to keep pressing A. It's like, no, you're meant to hold it, but then you're meant to let go. But there's no, they don't really explain. They're just like, keep it taut. Whatever the hell that means. There's a lot of things that the game seems to think are intuitive that I didn't find particularly intuitive, but whatever, right? I now understand how the control scheme works. I have gotten my basic setup. I get to the point where you get your own shelter and I'm doing well. I'm genuinely uh, crossing the goals off my list. Uh, and I'm feeling good about the progress that I'm making. And then the bugs happened. And Walter, I, I we've talked about this a little bit uh, off mic. You did not run into any bugs. We talked actually. We talked about this on the show. People have complained about the bugs in this game, and you're like, I didn't have any bugs. I have no I idea what people are talking about. No idea, you said. So you never at any point noticed that people were pooping in the walls? No. Because like, 90% of the poops I picked up were just in the the wall of the crates. They were not visible in the slightest, and if I did not spam click every single pen to find them all, there was no way I could have picked up all the poop in those pens. Because 80% of it was either invisible or outside of the pen. Multiple times I would find it outside the corner of the pen that the dog had been locked in the entire time. Just straight up did not work properly. Um, you know what else didn't work properly? Doors. The door into the, the health station where you're supposed to go and like give them shots and give them, you know, bandage them up if they ever break uh, a leg or whatever. Um, the door just stopped working. I had to make an entirely new door just to be able to get inside the building. And that door never worked again. I tried exiting and entering the game. I tried refreshing the day because it had worked the previous day. And that door never worked again. And the game never explained why. Just straight up, that door decided it was not a door anymore. And it was stuff like that that really just bummed me out. Like, I kept running into these minor frustrations because things would almost work properly. They were close to doing what they were supposed to do. But getting to the point where I could start unlocking the nicer things so that I could start improving the, uh, I, I guess, like tearing down my basic uh, shelters in order to get better kennels to start expanding land which it told me that i couldn't buy even though it also said it was zero gold so i guess they just had it on the map but you weren't allowed to do it yet and i got a tutorial for taking care of one of the dogs who had been sick after i'd already healed multiple dogs that were sick like it was just constant and i get to the point where it's like well you finally get to open a mission um you know you 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 unlocked uh, I forget what they call it. Um, uh, it's, it's the terrible LinkedIn and Facebook puns leashed mm. in and, uh, yes. uh, bark book, I think yes. are the two. Yes. yes, yes. Um, and bark book, I, I, I go to leashed in and it's just so much stuff. Uh, but it doesn't really explain. It's like zero out of two or zero out of three. So it's like, do I need all of the points to get this? Or do I just need to get a single point into this? And the extra points are just to unlock the next lever of technology. There's no way to tell. So I'm just kind of haphazardly throwing things in there, hoping it'll work and trying to guess and check. And I went to Bark Book because I was meant to start an event. And I was told 
that was my quest to start an event. And I clicked on start an event button and nothing happened. Just wouldn't let me do it. And I don't know, maybe I needed to just get to the next day or, you know, wait for some in-game thing to be like, have you set up your bark book yet? Here, let me do the tutorial, even though I already gave you the mission on how to do it. I don't know. I don't care anymore. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of the game fighting me every step of the way. It takes a lot to make me not want to play with dogs anymore, Walter. And this game broke me. It really did. So, dear listener, um, you can ignore Chase's interpretation of all that because he is very clearly wrong. Uh, no, I am. I will say, um, yeah, I, I never experienced any bugs. Um, I say a little in jest of like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I, I, I don't like I never had any of those bugs. I will say the controls were a little wonky. I'll go back to that and I'll be like, yeah, you were you are correct. The controls are take a little bit of getting used to. And like, I never fucking figured out how the fetch mini game worked. Just never did. I never played with the dogs at all mm-hmm. when, when, when I had them. I never played with them. <laughs> And you lose the ability to play with them when you get to a new uh, area. So, like, the first few days at the new shelter are me just waiting for something to happen. Because I've already got the dogs fed. I've already got them watered. I just have to wait for them to get hungry or thirsty or dirty because I can't play with them because they won't let me build a play area because that has to be unlocked. And they don't tell you how to unlock it until it was too late. I was done. I, like, tried to take them outside, and they ran away on me. Also, dogs face through walls all the time. Just straight up. You went through a door, the dog didn't follow you through the door, so it just clipped on through. So many times. I am... I'm honestly impressed you didn't manage to run into any bugs. Like, I... From the bottom of my heart, I am happy for you, because I don't know how it could be possible that you pulled that off. (laughs) Chase... Could it be just like that Cuphead reviewer, you need to get good? I mean, maybe I do need to get good, but I think I'm going to get good at another game. I, I, I like, and again, no one is more sad than me that I didn't like the game about playing with puppies. I know? am so disappointed, and it's such a bummer to me that there were so many bugs in your playthrough and your experience of this game is ruined because the moment I played this game, I was like, hell yeah, this is such a, this is such a fucking chase game. He's going to download it on his switch. He's going to put like a hundred hours into playing the same levels over and over and over. You played it on your switch, right? Oh yeah. Fun fact. Uh, the switch was meant, the switch port was meant to come out in 2021 when the game did, uh, the devs mentioned in May of this year that they didn't have a release de- date for it yet. And then they mentioned in July that they were working on trying to make a stable build for it. And it just hasn't, There's there's been no update on it since July. And playing this game, yeah, I get it. Like Nintendo is pretty harsh on games for like, you need to have these kinds of bugs figured out. I don't think they figured it out. I I just don't. And it's not like they haven't tried updating the game. There was a hotfix for this in December. Like, they have tried to patch this thing. They're not... This this is what really bums me out, is because I think these devs care. They're still trying to make updates. They're still trying to improve functionality. There are a lot of you know, features that they are adding constantly to try to make the game better. And the whole thing, like 20% of the proceeds go to helping dog shelters. Like, I don't want to be here mad at the dog shelter game. I really don't. I want to be telling people that it was a fun time in which I got to pet puppies. And I did like petting puppies. I did like getting new puppies to show up and they were all very cute. The designs are fantastic. And you know, it's great to help them find new homes. It's a very boring process. Like, it's just waiting around. They stare at a dog. Some stars go up. So you start skipping that, which really feels like they could have done more there. But whatever. Like, it's still cool to see dogs find their forever home. But then you notice that, like, 
the dogs they pick are entirely unconnected to the things that they want. Like they'll say they want a small dog. And so you'll give them your four small dogs. And then like one dog that just happens to have a lot of stars because it's just a high quality dog. And that'll be the one that they want. And it's like, well, you, but you said it was, there was a very specific thing that you wanted. And I only brought the extras to get your star thing up. Okay. I guess it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, I guess it's random which one it picks once you've hit the threshold. And the only thing that matters is that it gives you an extra star if you pick something that has the trait that they want. And it's just stuff like that that just, like, that's not a small thing to me. That's the core of a game about adopting out dogs, is that the dogs that are picked should match the qualities that the person asked for. But you know what? That's, that's not reality. And maybe that's part of the reason why it does feel a little tedious and a little difficult is that, okay, running a pet shelter isn't easy by any stretch of the imagination. Like the cats that we adopted, we, we adopted them from a trap and rescue and the woman that was fostering them, like she had found them under her shed, had never fostered before and then fostered these four kittens until they've gotten adopted and she was like, I had no clue what I was doing. My friend happened to run this trap and rescue. And that's how I ended up fostering these kittens where they were under my shed and my friend runs the rescue. So I guess I'm fostering cats. And now she's like, and now I love it and I'm going to keep doing it. But like, it's not an easy thing to do. It is kind of boring. I know shelters are like, when you volunteer to come help here, like don't come volunteer just because you think you're going to like play fetch with a dog for eight hours. Like it, that's not what's going to happen. You're going to help clean kennels and feed them and clean up their poop and like all this stuff. Like it is not a fun experience every single time you go in as a volunteer. And I bet further than that, as an actual person who it's their job to do that, like, as many animals that get adopted out, how many of them come in and they have puppy parvo and you're just like, that dog's dead in two weeks. Like, and you have to make those hard decisions, which maybe I'm probably giving them way more credit. And like, yeah, there you go. There's your PR thing. Like, well, of course it's a buggy mess. Like the, the animal shelter industry is like this, this horrible, awful thing to do. Like, that's why it's all buggy. Absolutely. But sure. It's, <sighs> It's not a difficulty problem, though, because I saw some people complain about the difficulty. I didn't think the difficulty was a problem. They let you scale it up or scale it down based on the experience that you wanted. But yeah, there should be a lot going on. I thought it was great that I could barely finish a day, even in these early stages, having finished everything that would need to get done. And most of the times I wouldn't. I'd have to go in the next day knowing that at least three more dogs need a bath. You know, like, yep. that's not the problem. The problem is not that it's hard or that there's a lot to manage. That's a management game. That's part of the whole reason that we're here. And I think that that part's well executed. It's the, it's the poop in the walls. It's the clipping through doors. It's the door not working anymore for reasons that are impossible to fix because it's not about a repair mechanic in the game the door just didn't work anymore. Like, that's the stuff that takes you out. Because dog shelters should be a lot of work, and it should take a lot of effort to manage all of these things properly. That's the fun of a management game, is finding a way to balance all these different things to make it work. But the game wasn't letting me make it work without running into these constant niggles that just ate away at me i don't know i again i i like the concept and i like what they're doing and i want to like this game but i don't like this game i i will not play it again until there is a much more extensive patch and who knows they're continuing to update it right like i think they care about getting it to a good spot and they're certainly going to have to update it because nintendo's not going to accept it until some of these bugs are figured out, so maybe a year from now I come back to it and I get to enjoy the dog part and not the doors no longer working part. It but needs some flea medicine. That's what you're saying. <laughs> it needs a little bit of medicine, absolutely. 
with a little bit of tender love and care and uh god knows much like running a dog shelter game design is hard like i i really hope um not that i i think anyone from the to the rescue dev team is listening to this but i hope you know this is not me like trying to give y'all a hard time for making the best out of I, like this is tough it's tough stuff i just I don't know. I, I can't come on the podcast and, and lie about the experience that I had. It's just a, I, I hope it gets better. Um, but until then, I can't recommend it the same way that you did. Um, what I can do is play a different game because I wanted to have something I could get excited about on the podcast. And I was going to say, please don't end you, this on a bad note. Don't end no, it on a bad note. No, no, no. I'm ending on a good one because I honestly, I wasn't sure I was going to go back to, to the rescue at all. So I was, Ready to do something different. And let me tell you, man, Depanur Nocturne is something different. What an experience. What a what a wonderful hour of my life that I spent on that game. So um, so so why did you choose it? Out of all the games I've played this year, other than maybe like the actual sports games like Madden 2K, like I I honestly I I kind of forgot that I played this game this year until you mentioned it, but like why? Why did you pick this game? Well, outside of the fact that I wanted something that I actually had an ability to play in the two days that I delayed the podcast for, the number one thing is I love indie games and their weird experiences that they're able to capture. And the idea of like going into a gift store and trying to find the right thing for somebody. As someone who is traditionally bad at getting gifts for people, I found intrinsically interesting. Because shops like that the knickknacks all have a story to them. Like, there's a history of the shop and the people who run the shop and the things that make up the shop. And you get to, uh, you get to do something different with a game like this. This was not a game designed for mass appeal. This was a game that had a story that they wanted to tell and had characters that they wanted to introduce you to and were willing to get weird with it. And that's the thing, I think you had mentioned uh, something about the basement. Um, I, I, at the time, was like, okay, I need to go into that basement because whatever you're hinting at has to be fascinating. And now I have to ask the question, which basement, Walter? Because there's the basement for the special items, and then there's the basement. And the basement is fucking wild. Like that whole journey uh, just to get to the restroom. One of the more tense experiences I've had in gaming this year. Jeez. Yeah. What, what second basement? Oh, did you not go to the washroom? No. I think you should go to the washroom. I think you should load oh, the game. No. Tell her you have to go to the bathroom. She's going to ask like five times for you not to. But you're going to just keep saying yes. And then you get to have a nice little trip. Oh, God. Yeah. You said not, tense. Now I'm like, oh, it's Five Nights at Freddy. Like, oh, no. It, it is not that. It's not oh. that. Though, I oh. honestly, one of the things that I was not ready for for this game is how surreal the atmosphere was for it. Like, yes, there are some moments that are very funny, right? Like, you, it's not always as intuitive as it wants to be about, like, you putting an item back. So sometimes you'll drop things on the floor and she'll give you a hard time for it. Um, the descriptions of certain things, like the movie that her sister was in and how she has 50 copies now. Like there are a lot of moments that are very funny. And then you start playing with the radio and you're like, Oh, I can switch like songs. And there's a little bit of like a weird staticky effect. And huh, this song's a lot eerier than I would have expected for a game like this. That's weird. Well, let me, mess with the antenna why is this mysterious man counting down numbers why is the mysterious man counting down numbers what what is happening here now and why is the woman behind the counter not reacting to that at all why is that just a normal thing that you could change the radio antenna and suddenly you're picking up i guess a coded message of some sort and because this game's small enough i was not able to find i like i went and like tried to look it up and i could not find what the deal was with that and maybe that's part of the point is that this information like 
you just picked up on something. You changed the frequency until you picked up on a message that you weren't meant to find in a world that has this like dystopian bent to it to a certain extent. And they only hint at it, right? Like there's only like, oh yeah, here's a guy that's loved by some people and hated by others. Um, or, you know, the kind of eyes on the graffiti of the wall from the alley as you enter the shop. Like, it's the little things. But for a game that's, like, described by a lot of the reviews as, like, being very funny and, you know, kind of, um, you know, having the sense of humor to it, the atmosphere, depending on what it was you did, could really shift tonally. And you could have a variety of different experiences. Uh, and I think that's cool. I think it's really amazing how much they were able to fit into what is essentially an hour of gameplay if you replay it multiple times. I was able to 100% this game in, I think, literally an hour of playtime. Not even. I 100% of this game in 40 minutes. But what a great 40 minutes. And in 40 minutes, I do want to go back and, like, check out some of the other gifts from, like, the special back room where you have uh, a selection that's very specific and you can only pick one at a time. Um, and how awesome is it that your wife, who you come back to, or your partner, I guess, is Jen just kind of um, not really focused on here, but she just seems happy with whatever you get because the point is that you thought about her at all. And... Uh, I don't know. It's really cool, Walter. It's a great game. Her reaction to the gifts are awesome. Because she's just like, literally, like, every gift, she's like, yeah, like, oh, this is how you, like, you must have thought of me in this way, and this is why you picked this thing. Like, that is so incredible. And again, here's Walter not, like, not completing games to, to the fullest of their extent, because <laughs> I am just not as patient and as determined and willing to 100% things because I I that is that is a part of my personality where I'm like I don't need the 100% something. I never was like with Pokémon someone that's like I need to have every single fucking Pokémon. I want to have the few Hey Ben Brode, let's get back to this fucking conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need everything. I just want the things that I want, and sometimes I step away from a game like the Pinder Nocturne, or I stepped away from Max Gentleman, so I was like, oh, cool, like, yeah, like, I don't need all of the, the risky pictures, like, okay, cool, but then I discover, like, oh, shit, you fucking fucked this up because you didn't see the second basement, or, hey, there's a fucking temple that's additional gameplay, I'm like, wait, what, what are you talking about, like, so it's, a, it's incredible to me that here is a game I played months and months and months ago that you went back to that i that i played in may and you went back to it like hey hey walter you know about the double secret basement i was like wait wait wait, double secret basement what the fuck are you talking about and it's like oh, i can't tell you about it now you got to do it yourself it's like ah! <laughs> all i'm gonna say is i want to know how that tv that wasn't plugged in still managed to work Okay, because the devs that does not get explained. And there's a lot that this game is is again. It's the atmosphere more than anything. But like, ooh, lads, um, Chase, I can explain that to you. It's wireless. Oh, well, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the the wire is very visible on the table. And I was like, oh, where do I plug this in? Oh, I don't see a way to do that. Let me hit the power button. Why did that work? Why did that work? Why, why does she have cameras here? Um, oh man, uh, all I can say is uh, when this is done, Walter, I, it'll take you five, maybe ten minutes max. Uh, go to the bathroom. That's all I can say. It's, it's worth the ten minutes of your time. This game's worth the 40 minutes of your time. It was like five bucks, I think. Mm -hmm. It was a whole five bucks. And yep. Five dollars in Steam. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was a, I, I was very happy with my purchase um shout out to uh co-op this like mini collection that they have going on i don't know it seems like this was released in 2020 and i don't think they've made anything since then no nope. oh excuse me 
They made a game. Uh, there's a game called uh, Goodbye Volcano High. Oh, this looks fascinating. It's coming out next year. It's got anthropomorphic dinosaurs who are part of a drama band. I'm so in. <laughs> I'm so in. Go up. Okay. Walter, I, I, I didn't mean to jump into this already, but I'm going to throw this out there. What are the games I'm looking forward to in 2023 now? <laughs> well, yeah, that was something I, I eventually wanted to get to was here we are. It, it is, as you all are listening to this, this is December 26, 2022. We are five days from the end of the year and we won't be talking to you, the lovely listeners, again until January second, with the uh, with uh, Final Cut with the movies, which makes sense that that's the first thing we have to start with at the beginning of the year. So, so Chase, instead of a New Year's resolution, because New Year's resolutions are so passe, mm -hmm. what game? Whether it's a game that comes out next year, or whether it's a game your games you didn't get to this year. What what are you hoping to play? Whether it's for the podcast or not, just for yourself, like what what do you want to do? So games for next year, I've got a few. Goodbye Volcano High is now absolutely on this list. Um, I want to play Marvel Midnight Suns when it comes out on the Switch. I know it's on PC now, and I know people are playing. It's supposedly coming out on the Switch in twenty twenty three. Marvel, but it's XCOM, but it's uh, also a card game, and also has some like dating sim-esque stuff yeah i'm in marvel i understand that you and i have some uh you know back and forth relationship but fire emblem three houses but with marvel and there's a card game is really all i needed to hear so those are games that haven't come out yet that i'm excited for uh i think i'm gonna take some time for guacamelee 2 next year i really liked the original i i've only started guacamelee too but i want to give it more time i want to finally give tangle tower the time it deserves it's like this kind of indie mystery game that i really enjoyed the bit that i played and then never went back to it for reasons i do not understand uh, and feel like i should maybe fix that at some point and i think i'm gonna give you know, no, I was going to say I'll give Rune King a League of Legends story another shot, but in all reality, I'm more interested in finally playing Disco Elysium, the final cut on the Switch, hopefully with my roommate, because that is a game with a lot of very interesting uh, philosophical choices and conversations that I have wanted to play more extensively for a while, and I'm really excited to finally uh, sink my teeth into it after all this time. So those it are the is, ones for me. It is fantastic you say Disco Elysium because that is on my list. It was on my list oh, for this year to try and get to it at some point, And I just, I never did. So we are going to have to set a hard deadline for each other to get that done. So we can do a, a like set. Hey, this is, we're going to play, play this game and we're going to talk about it together. Um, another game that I really wanted to get to this year and I now really have an excuse for is The Witcher 3. I have tried two other times to actually play it. I've gotten into it further, you know, the second time I got into it further than I did the first time um, and got through like the first act. And I think two days ago, they just did an update for it. Um, I, I, I actually want to try, I, I don't want to force myself to do it, but I want to try and force myself to play that game because it is a blind spot game to me of I don't understand I, I I didn't understand it I couldn't play it it's sort of like Bioshock to me where it's like everybody loves these games and I couldn't I couldn't get into it for whatever reason um so I, I think that's on my list um I think one of the Dragon Age games is on my list hopefully for next year because I've never played any of them and I I know Bioshock or um not Bioshock um Mass Effect is similar but i kind of think maybe high fantasy is more my speed for something like that um and then there was a game that i i had to go back to my my steam wish list because it is not out yet hopefully it comes out next year but it's a game called thirsty suitors which 
feels like a modern a modern take on um scott pilgrim that hopefully isn't as toxically masculine because as i've gotten older i've just realized scott pilgrim is the worst human being on the planet and that thinking that I was like him back like when I first like saw that movie and like was in that age range is sort of like people that try to say that there are Rick Sanchez now it's like oh my god you're so fucking cringe dude like oh no 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 you don't want to be that person they're bad so yeah I those are a couple of the games I'm hoping to get to next year and and I want to replay Firewatch because I almost played through the entire thing and then my computer crashed and my save corrupted. And I was like, I don't want to go through the past five hours again. And I haven't touched it in years. And I think I want to go through that as well. So, but we definitely have to do Disco Elysium. Yes, I uh, may or may not uh, already be messaging our pals, uh, Kristen and Eduardo. Um, because that seems to be a thing that would be uh, a lot of fun to uh, all talk to, about together. Uh, also, just because I remembered it, uh, This Way Madness Lies, an RPG featuring Shakespeare and magical girls made by the guys who made Cthulhu Saves the World. Just throwing that out there. That's a game I'm probably going to want to give some time to. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I think we've got... <laughs> A lot to look forward to. We had a lot of fun things to look back on, Walter. I think we ultimately recommended uh, a lot more than we didn't looking at our history of games that we played. And I hope uh, that everyone here found some games this year that really stood out to them. If If you've got a game that we haven't played that you think would be great for the podcast, that you want us to give a shot, let us know on social media. You can find the podcast at rough drafts pod you can find me at chase wassner on twitter walter where can the people at home find you uh you guys can find me at c80s underscore lol uh and again thank you guys so much for spending the last uh the last year specifically with steam cleaners uh but the last uh last like 15 months or so uh with sort of the the rough drafts 2.0 uh, with Final Cut and Steam Cleaners. Um, it has been a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And I am so glad that Chase um, said, agreed with me and said, hey, let, let's bring this thing back because I have experienced so much additional content and media this year than I would have otherwise, whether it was the movies or the games. And I cannot wait to see what we watch and play in 2023. It's been a hell of a year, buddy. It has indeed. And may next year be even more fun and fortuitous for us both and for all you lovely listeners. Thank you so much for uh, being here and listening through. Uh, We hope you have a wonderful rest of your holiday season. Uh, And until 2023, goodbye, Internet.